Hello, hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Doing Business Differently. I'm your host, Kendeka. I'm the founder and principal of Kendeka Green Incorporated. Now, what we do over there at Kendeka Green Incorporated is we use our platforms, specifically Facebook. I'm building out Instagram now, um, but my podcast is, I think, where my, my favorite sweet spot is, where we help corporate professionals launch and grow successful brands by sharing information on the startups on the fundamentals of business, right? The foundations of business. A business, as I've always said, is a is a machine. I like to think of it in terms of sometimes like a grandfather clock. I don't know if any of you guys are old enough to remember a grandfather clock, but if you think of the nursery rhyme, like hickory dickory dock, the mouse ran up the clock, you know, those big tall clocks and, you know, every hour it goes ding. And sometimes there's a little bird that comes out and go cuckoo, cuckoo, right? Like a cuckoo clock. Like, so a business, if you open up the door, to that big beast of a clock, there are various cogs and wheels and little mechanisms that all have to work with each other in order to, for it to flow. A lot of times people are launching businesses out of necessity and they're just jumping right to the sales and the products part. But then as they're growing and scaling, they're figuring out that, okay, either A, what I was doing isn't working because now you're at a different phase of your business, right? Or my business is, um, there's a breakdown and I don't know where it is. And now those solutions now are costing you much more. But I believe in the power of understanding what you need to know from a foundational standpoint so that you can become you your you can be a leader in your business you're not dependent on some guru or consultant to to kind of pull you along on their business journey you can kind of figure out where you need to be what you need to do and how you're going to get there on your own right because this is your business this is your baby you have your own ideas and a lot of times our ideas are better than what people are telling us. So my job is to help you guys understand the foundations of business, build you guys up with some confidence, and then just kind of act as you know a friend along the way. That's that, and that's our beliefs. That's our core systems and values. We don't believe that business has to be as hard. Um, so the first two days of this series, we talked about your target audience and the importance of understanding who they are. And I gave you some tips on um, what you're looking for and kind of like where to find them. Now, if you want to schedule a call with me, we can go over that in a little bit of detail. Um, you can. I am in the process now of setting up some numbers, uh, consulting numbers, because as a busy mom with four children at home, yeah, I really wasn't trying to go down the consulting route. I really wanted to help people um, from a digital product service-based um, branding. But the nature of what I do, I'm finding I'm really loving talking to people one-on-one. I'm really enjoying the podcast. I'm kind of getting used to my little flow and identifying it. Um, so, yeah, I think that that's um, going to be an option for you guys sooner than later. So we talked about the target audience. Um, and then we talked about um, creating solutions that work for your audience and why that's important. Um, 20% of all businesses fail by their second year in business. Now there are tons of reasons why, but you know, the top kind of, you know, some of the top reasons are because the products and services aren't resonating with the audience. It's not doing anything for the crowd, right? There's no reason for them to work with you versus someone else. Case in point, me, I stand out in my in my niche because I am not the person who wants to be seen, right? So I resonate with people who are in business and just want to do business 
right? We don't care about putting our names. Think of it like the KPMGs and the Anderson Consultings and things like that, right? We are focusing on a professional-based business, on offering a product or services, being behind the scenes, doing the work, getting in and getting out. I am solutions based. Um, my background in 21 years of corporate experience, um, that's just that's just really all I do. I love a job where I can identify that they're having issues in departmental workflow and system processes. Maybe they're losing money. Maybe the accounting systems aren't set up the way that it needs to be. And because my background is in finance, operations, and leadership management, um, I can kind of come in, identify the holes, and, and help you plug it in plug it up. Now, one of the frustrating things was that was, which is one of the reasons why I decided to launch a different um, segment of my brand, because this business is, um, is a little different from my other one. My other one, I, I focus more on um, graphics and things like that. But the struggle when you're working for other big brands out there in corporate America is you have a high, hierarchy structure, right? And so people are slow to change or they don't want to accept that the change. They don't want to terminate people who are bringing their brands down, right? Um, again, business is for components. And if any one of those components is messed up, you have to be willing to take the steps to fix it. You might continue to stay in business, but you, you're going to have unhappy customers if your goal is to grow. And um, you need to get rid of the people who are not servicing it, right? If you are not making any money because your products and services, right? You're going to have to figure out a way to make those products and services resonate with your crowd, right? So we talked about those two things. Please feel free to go back and check out the other two podcasts and episodes. Um, or you can leave me a comment, um, schedule a, a consultation call. I'll have information out there somewhere. I'll let you guys know. So again, my background is in finance, operations, and leadership management. Um, starting out in the architecture and design world, I did government and corporate work in the fields of like retirement benefits and pension benefits and things like that. Um, that aligns with my HR skills and background. And I kind of ended up my corporate career working in nonprofit and educational sectors. So that was a really great um, industry. I loved it. And then of course, COVID hit. So today we are going to talk about um, setting up your business in a way that makes sense for you. And this is, I've seen debates over this on Instagram. And one thing I always stress to you guys is to understand you have to do what works for you in business, right? That's the whole point of you being in business. Your brand, your business should align with your lifestyle. If you are out here putting more into your business and not seeing results, it means that there's something that's off, right? One of those areas where you need to figure out how this is going to work for you is if you need to form a legal entity. Now, I am not a CPA. I am, um, what do they call that, a professional student. You know, I love going to school and learning, especially about business, because, you know, I feel like in order to, to know what the big dogs do, because I, I sit in boardrooms, I am sometimes the only person of color. These days, I am normally the only woman of color in that room. You know, I might see a couple of males that look like me, um, but for the most part, I'm the only woman. And so in order for me to stay competitive and to keep my, um, my edge in the business and to know what they know, I've had to go. I've had to invest in my education, right? So there are certain things that people are looking for right in business um there's the trust factor in business right you are not going to send um a bunch of money to someone and you don't know first of all 
if their products or services are going to work. But then you kind of like, well, I want to know if I'm going to be able to get my money back, right? It's hard to get your money back from, from if you spent $1,000 with somebody on Cash App, right? So think about it. But again, if you are just trying to gauge if your business is going to work for you, if your product or service is, is, is workable or viable, or if it's going to be profitable, if it's going to help you live the lifestyle that you want to do, then jumping out there and just forming um, an LLC or a, an S-Corp or C-Corp or you know a limited partnership, whatever the designation is, the legal entity is, you have to understand that that may not work for you, but it could work for you later on. So. You want to make sure that you understand the foundations that you might, the structure that you might need to set up in your business. So I strongly, rec I strongly recommend you all to speak with um, a corporate, a, a business professional who has a CPA designation or um, is a, a business attorney, right? Because they can advise you um, on how you need to set up your brand, your business, so that it's meeting the needs not only for you now, but also in the future. When I started my first business, I, I, I made an LLC. I was in fashion, um, I was in fashion and um, style production. And so there was some, an LLC worked perfectly for me um, because I have consistently made more than what the average uh, person has made in their job. Um, I had to protect my personal assets. And because of my business designation, I wanted to come out there and just really show that I knew my stuff. And sometimes just being a business who is what they call side hustler business or hobbyist and things like that, it's not going to work for everyone. But it's only going to work for you right now if you can afford it. Because if your business idea changed and you've coded your business with another, let's say you said, well, I was going to sell peanuts. That's a food service business, right? But now you're turning around and now you want to be in educational sector, right? Right? There are rules, there are parameters that you have to do. There are certain processes. These things, how you set up your business might affect the type of business that you're able to get later on. Things that you don't know that you are going to have to talk to a CPA or you need to speak to an attorney. So we're just going to talk about the overview because, again, do your own due diligence. But we're just going to I'm just going to share with you a few tips, things that you need to know and maybe ask a few questions, maybe give you a few questions for the service professional who you do hire. Right. And the first thing we're going to talk about is figuring out your costs. A lot of times people want to rush into jumping into a business and they think that they can do it for free. You might be able to get free marketing out there by way of, you know, your social media accounts, but everything has a cost. If you are going to sell hair bundles, right, you have to outlay money to buy the bundles. You have to outlay money to ship those bundles. Right. You have to put money probably into a lot of money into advertising because that mark that market is, is oversaturated. So you need to do work a little bit harder to get your products and services. That's going to cost you your time is a cost factor. Right. If you're spending 18 hours working on a product or service and you're not getting any sleep, you just lost 18 hours and you're not recouping anything back. You don't need a ton of money. However, you need to figure out how much money um that you need to outlay, right? You need to figure out where that money is coming from, which is a lot of reasons why um, people start off still working before they transition to full-time entrepreneurship so they can build that part up, they can build up a way to offset the cost and generate revenue, right? You need to think about um, your cost in terms of licenses and permits. You know, if you are a hairstylist, I remember back in the day, people were slapping perms on people's head and burning people's head out and they have no licenses and then you couldn't sue them for their money, right? Um, you, you know, from, right? 
but you could sue them, but then you had a harder time, right? It was just, just a whole bunch of confusion. I won't, I won't get into that because there were different situations and I'm combining them all just to make a point and I'm not going to do that, right? But the point is you need to figure out your costs in terms of any licensing that you need. If you're an architect, right? There are certain um, uh, uh, registrations that you have to go by for state to state. There are certain permits that you need to have. Um, maybe you want to open up a physical space for your business. That's a cost. You might need to figure out um, if you're renting products or services, like maybe you do uh, events or things like that. Um, and so you might outsource your chairs and services like that. Maybe, you know, there are legal fees. Again, if you're speaking to a CPA or an attorney, you might not need one on a monthly retainer, but then that means when you have an issue or concern, you might need to have $500 to be able to, 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 to get this person on board. Now you don't necessarily need $500. There's rocket lawyers. There's people who do consultants, one-on-one -on -one consulting, do whatever works for you. But the point is you need to figure out what your costs are. So that way you can kind of form a baseline of what you need to bring in to offset those costs. Right? So again, I'm a huge fan of Excel and spreadsheets. That is my thing because I'm a finance person. I would say either you can handwrite it out, put it in a spreadsheet if that works for you, track it every month. So you know what you need to do. And then you're going to go through that list and make sure that the things that are on it start separating your wants from your needs, right? You are in startup mode. You're in aspiring mode. You kind of want to get a baseline for your business plan um, about what you need to bring in again. Your job, though, is to write down every single cost that you can think of, right? So that's the first start of setting up the back office to your business, the part that everybody seems to overlook, and then a scrambling and, you know, saying that they don't have inventory, they can't cover inventory, right? The other part which we kind of talk about is setting up um, the entity. Now, remember, you are not in business unless you are an entity. Um, a lot of people, and I don't want to rub anybody the wrong way, um, because my my um, I'm really not talking to the side hustlers today. You know, I'm I'm talking to those, those those corporate professionals who sometimes are required because of their professions to create a legal entity before they go into business, or at least work underneath someone else who has like designation, right? Like being an architect. You cannot be an architect in New York State unless you have, um, you cannot be a registered architect unless you have a certain amount of experience working underneath someone. Then you, it's like being a nurse, right? So you need to figure out what those designations that apply to your business, to your brand, how it's going to affect you, and those things that you need, um, what are the requirements to get those things um, up and done. Um, the United States Division of Corporations is my go-to website. You can find a lot of information on there. Um, it's a lot. Everybody sometimes wants you know, somebody to tell them things, but there is something to be said for you knowing where to go to find the right information. They have a number. I don't. I haven't called them since, you know, whatever, since before the pandemic. Um, but you might have to schedule some time and talk to them one-on-one -on -one because they can give you the best advice on um, the definitions and the requirements to the various entities out there, right? This is also going to be dependent on your location. If you are a business owner, I do have some um, listeners outside of the United States, um, your, your rules, right, may change. And it may change from location from local right, from locale to locale, to municipality to municipality, but you need to know what those are. Like in New York City, you can start a business underneath totally different terms um, that you can start a business from the, from the United States government standpoint, right? 
figure that out, call them, and then keep in mind that this process is going to involve you figuring out your brand name. Now that's a whole different topic, but I'll give you some 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 tips on that. Um, sometimes it's like Dunkin' Donuts. Let's use Dunkin' Donuts as an example. Remember, I think a couple of years ago, Dunkin' Donuts is no longer Dunkin' Donuts. It's, I don't even know what the new name is, but they had been for years growing up. They were known for coffee and donuts. But as the market changed and people started wanting more for breakfast foods, they decided that they were going to offer more. So they had to go through this whole big process of moving their name from Dunkin' Donuts that people knew to whatever this new name. When they did that, it kind of turned me off because, man, I come in here for the coffee and the donuts. He's bad enough. You guys already jacked with the coffee formula. Now you want to sell me some? Nah, I'm not with it. You see how it's it's really good and helpful to kind of think these things through ahead of time. Now, you may not get it right the first time which again is the reason why you don't want to jump out and do all this at first. You want to learn what you need to learn, understand the basics, and then again, speak to a CPA or business professional um, who can help you out. You're also going to want to keep in mind um, that you may need insurance, right? If you are a professional, your standards are a little bit different from someone who is just maybe opening a retail boutique, an online e-commerce boutique right? An e-commercer who is keeping inventory in their garage or have a room where they're keeping their merchandise, you may not need, now they may need insurance for other things, like in case there's a fire in their home, but you know, if they're not keeping thousands and thousands worth of inventory, it's, it's unnecessary, right? But if you are uh, an architect, again, I like to use that example for some reason, you are designing someone's home from the ground up with the help of hopefully, you know, an, an engineer and a construction team at some point, right? If you design folks' homes the wrong way, there are so many codes that you could violate. You need to be able to cover yourself in case you make a mistake, right? It's not to say you are going to want to miss, but sometimes things get overlooked. And that's a whole different industry and a whole different process. You know, I can definitely talk to you architects out there who are interested in launching a business, um, your own um, consulting firm. But again, you are going to have insurance liabilities that it's going to be important that you figure out those costs, which we did. But now you need to make sure that those things are in place before you're out here selling your products and services to people and something unfortunately negatively happen, right? And, um, for those business owners who have a physical location, you guys probably already have like um, property insurance in case someone has an accident on your property or let's say a car comes flying through your window. Like, And again, if you don't own that property, these are just things that you're going to need to have in place. Um, one other thing that is going to be a priority for you guys is understanding what your tax obligations going to, are going to be. Now, you won't need to know what exactly the numbers, but depending on where you launch your business. Like when I first did my business, um, my other brand, I was seriously thinking of launching my brand, setting it up in the state of Delaware because Delaware at the time has amazing um, tax laws for businesses, but I would have needed an agent because I don't live in Delaware. My lifestyle wasn't where I was going to travel back and forth to Del Delaware. So it just wasn't going to work for me. But you need to figure out where you need to set up your business and then have a plan in place to making sure that those taxes are being paid, right? You might need a tax ID depending on the tax business that, you, that you're in. Um, you also need to be able to set up an account. Um, I use the IRS website in order to, to file my taxes and to keep up to date with any notices and renewals that I need to do on there. Um, a lot of times in the beginning, you can kind of do this yourself with the help of your CPA. 
um, to guide you on that process, but you can settle that for yourself. Outsource it with a specialist. Um, do whatever you need to do on that, but keep that in mind. Um, that's then going to lead me into um, the other part of this is talking about opening up um, business accounts. You know, this is one thing as an accountant, I'm not, again, I'm not an accountant, I'm a finance, I'm a finance person and economist. And so in my business, I, I've learned accounting. I am a certified bookkeeper. Um, and again, I have 20 plus years of doing this. You can ask any CPA that I've worked with. I really know my shit. Sorry for cursing guys, but I'm good at what I do because I just really get involved. I really understand business from the ground up and I love it. I just love it. It's just, to me, business is a reflection of, of life. It's just a professional way for you to grow. And so making sure that you have the right systems in place, including a legitimate bank account. You know, what people don't realize is after 9-11, they started plugging up a lot of things you can do in the banking industry. I mean, you know, money used to flow in and out accounts and things like that. And now, you know, you get a red flag if you're moving money in and out too quickly. You know, people can, when you sign off on certain paperwork, um, on certain documents, you're given access to people to to check your assets in your business accounts. So you need to make sure that what you're doing is up to par. You also don't want to commingle. You also want don't want to commingle your assets and funds. Um, you know, I've seen people do it um, in business. People do it, but then you need to develop a system to track that. Um, again, I've worked with businesses that borrow one. And then we invoice the business back for our services. Um, that's something that, that we can do. Um, that I can help you guys and talk to you one-on-one -on -one if that's a service that you need. Um, moving on to the next part is intellectual property rights. As a startup, you know, sometimes you want to do overkill. You know, you want to protect everything that you do because, of course, you don't want anyone to infringe and take on your brand. But if you're a startup a startup brand, if, if you are not doing something where it's like, oh, wow, amazing, I personally that's just not where I'm at with my products and services, right? Um, but I know when I do start creating certain um, certain systems and certain coaching programs, that's when I'm going to invest in um, securing, making sure that my, my information can't be duplicated, right? That you can't just take my my stuff and, and create your own products and services, right? So you want to think about the cost factor um, of protecting your intellectual, your intellectual or intangible products, assets. What are those assets? Those are assets that you really can't touch or feel. Those are assets like it's like a musician or who creates music, right? And they're creating um, original music for the most part. And so they don't want just anyone else to come out there and take their beat. And so then they, they put it out there and they trademark it, right? They copyright it right? Music rights, right? Music copyrights. That's like this whole industry, right? We just watched um, a few years ago what happened with Marvin Gaye and the guys um, Pharrell and um, what's his name? The guy that was uh, married to uh, Paula Patton, right? They just got hit with like a $5 million lawsuit because it came out that they were sampling Marvin Gaye's music and they didn't give them writer's credits, which would have solved the problem from the get-go. But, you know, people are people. People will do what they need to do. If your products and services are so dope and so great coming out the gate, then you might want to think about that. But if you are starting out and you are already on a budget, maybe you might not want to create a product that throws everything that you got out there. Start building up your income in order to do do that again speak to a CPA do your due diligence speak to a business attorney they can advise you on what you need to do and when is the right time to do it 
a lot of us are um, going into online businesses. Business, and I remember before you know, I don't remember the time period, but what was that? Maybe in the two thousands, when you know people started scamming people online with the internet. You know, where you have good, you have the bad that comes along with it. So there were protections that were put into place. Um, to protect the consumer, and these things help to protect yourself. So on your website, um, doesn't matter, you know, whether it's on your website. If you don't use a website, but you're using um, maybe a platform where you're hosting your products and services, you need to spell out your terms and conditions, and you need to state out your privacy policy, right? Your terms and conditions, I like to think of it as kind of like um, telling your customers what they can expect from you, and it also gives your customers an idea of um, it's also a chance for you to meet their expectations, right? This, your uh, terms and conditions should include things like the ordering process, like what it takes to order um, from you, um, how your turnaround time, if it takes three to five days to process with you, if you are shipping out on weekends or, you know, the terms, your hours of operations, how they can request a refund, if a refund is something that you offer, um, how they can feel comfortable sharing the information with you confidentially, right? Anything that your customer needs to know about doing business with you that you feel is important, or that they feel is important, you need to include that into your terms and conditions, right? That way people can't say, I didn't know, right? That's how I was raised. My my family, you know, it's like, okay, I'm going to tell you the information. You might not remember it, but I'm going to tell you and I'm going to make it, I'm going to put it here and I'm going to constantly remind you what it is so that we all know where we should be. We all have our expectations. I know what I need to give to you and I know when I need to give it to you by, right? Everyone is all on the same page. Going into that part, I like to tie the two together again, is your privacy policy. Again, in order to protect your consumer, people are sending sensitive information your way. Not all the time where their payment information comes to you if you are using like a payment processor, um, which we'll talk about that next, but you will get their address in order to ship them process, to ship them their services, right? You might get their telephone number. These are things that people don't ordinarily give up. I know I don't. I will put in a dummy number and somebody's, don't call me. Whatever I want, if I'm buying it, send it to my email, right? And I have a couple of emails that I use because you don't need to be in my personal emails. Those are for family and friends and for important information. But if I know that I'm out here buying products and services, I'm not giving you for you to spam my email account. No way, honey, right? So you need to figure out a way um, to communicate what your, um, your privacy policy is on how you're collecting, how you're storing, how you're managing them in case of any risk, right? Remember, this is legally required now in order to protect the consumer. If you are a business that operates or have customers um, outside of the country, they have even more, uh, even, uh, they have different guidelines on what you need to do. And so if you're servicing them, you might need to, to take um, their needs into consideration as, as well. Again, these things are put into place to protect not only you, but your consumers, right? Privacy, identity theft is a real thing. The more we go into a technology-based society, the more opportunities that there is to do harm to people electronically. So you want to make sure that you're shoring up all the holes that you can ahead of time. And we kind of touched on this before. We kind of talked about how to get paid, right? A lot of times people are using Cash App. Again, those things are trackable, which is the reason why they're asking for your social security number and tax ID. These things are also tied to your bank account, which is tied to your tax ID, or your social security number. Figure out 
what process is going to work for you, figure out what method is going to work best for your customers, and set up those services so that way you're you're in a position to be able to take funds from people. And again, this all these things give people a sense that they're doing business with a legitimate company. Even if you're using Cash App in your business, it's not what you do, it's how you do it. I've, I've cashed up a lot of people for services. When a delivery person comes to my door, I'm like, hey, do you have Cash App? Right. That's the easiest way for me to tip people. Right. So it's nothing wrong with using that. It's just setting it up and putting it in your business in a way that looks professional and gives people the assurity that they need in order to continue to doing business with you. So this is part of the next um, phase of what you need to do. Start thinking about what your um, what your needs are going to be in terms of setting it up legally. Um, create um, the use your spreadsheet that we talked about to get an idea of your budget. Um, so that you'll have and then create a timeline, you know, about when you need to get everything done. Sometimes, you know, getting an EIN number is free. It takes a couple of days. But it, it, if you are a corporation, there's an extra step. If you live in the United States on um, you, you have to call the IRS and give them that um, number. <laughs> right. Like you have to do the extra step. Whereas with the LLC, they just transfer that information right over. But nope, not with the corporation. Right. So, and I'm just speaking from personal experience, right? You need to do your research. You need to do your due diligence. So if this information was helpful to you, if it kind of gave you some ideas about what you need to do and how you're going to build your business, please leave me a comment. If there is information that you feel that I left out or, you know, maybe I spoke a little bit too fast and you need some clarity, please feel free um, to drop a comment. You know where we're at on Facebook. You know where we're at on Instagram at this point. Um, talk to you guys later. Bye.